Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, The Way We Play the Game. This is a fascinating look back at the 20th century and listen to some of the memories of Kilkenny Great Hurlers. We go back as far as the Civil War and hear stories told by Willie Lynch Welsh. All the talk at the time was about Liam Lynch. You see, yeah. he was down Cork. He was shot on the Knockmildown Mountains. And Martin White tells us about how they used to get to the matches before cars or buses came on the roads. We would be envied the whole of them because the other fellows were on bicycles and they were pushing bicycles all the way into furnace. And Sham Downey talks about the courage you needed to mark some of the best players. And they picked me and we had to play centre back. And who was I playing on? Christy Ring. And getting into the All-Ireland final year after year, Van Larkin. I suppose I played in my All-Ireland finals. I won five. We hear about the way the rules of the game changed. Eddie Kerr. We'll call him the old rules were there at the time, which was a different type of hurling game. I'm Morris O'Keefe, and before I introduce you to the voices from the archive, I'd like to let you know that our organisation depends on your generosity, no matter how small, to keep us recording and archiving. Uh, Our archive depends on you. So if you'd like to visit our website, that's www.irishlifeandlore.com and go straight to our donations page and become a subscriber. So we start with Willie Lynch Welsh. When your day's work was over, go to the field and huddle. That's all. There are no dressing rooms or anything like that. Yeah. Kim McCow has a, there's a, there has a fellow named Kavanya and he's, he's walked all the matches. They'd be playing. It's to be minding their clothes while the Sephaphany in the other ditch. And if the match was far away, say in Dublin, he'd go the day before. Willie Lynch Welsh farmed his father's land in Kilmacow 
and he played his hurling with Schlievru. He had a long career in the game. I did. I played it from about 17 years of age until I was 33 or 4. Willie Lynch Welsh was born in 1907 and he tells us here how the Lynch got into his name. Did you hear tell of Liam Lynch in Cork during the Black and Tan time? That General Liam Lynch, yes. Hi? Yes. Yeah, tell of him. Yeah. Well, we had a, a pitch and toss school in Kilmacow area in Ciro. Do you know what that is? Pitch and toss, yeah, yes. You used to play that game, didn't you? used to play that. And, and uh, uh, every Sunday after Mass, they, they go at it. But this Sunday, it was my turn to go in, do you see, to pitch. And the fellow said, Come on now, Liam, 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 there's to call me for first. And another fellow said, Liam Lynch, because all the talk at the time was about Liam Lynch. You see? Yeah. He was down Cork. He was shot on the Knockmill Down Mountains. When you were playing hurling in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. Was did you? You were a fine big man. You were a very strong big man. I was. I suppose. Did you? You never got injured, did you? Huh? Did you get injured? You know? Did you ever get? Oh no! no. <laughs> they were pretty very strong, as well as me. But uh, I remember before, before we got the matches. Much I meet in the field, and a few families around, and throw all the hurlies in the heap. They have a kind of sticks in it, <laughs> and one fellow's, there be one fellow put his. his Legs on each side of the heap. And he threw one hurley that way. And he threw the other hurley that way. Right and left. Then would be the two teams. When I played hurling, I started to play. They used to make, cut our own hurleys. Cut her off of the ditch of one that they'd be turn on. And uh, we knew where a man had sawed out, and we'd make it ourselves. You'd make your own hurleys? Huh? You'd make your own hurley? Yes. Would you? Oh, yeah. It's always make our own hurleys for years. Can you tell me the, the the slitter then? What was the slitter? It, it was a much heavier ball, wasn't it? The, the old slitter. slitter. Yeah. That was a, that was a lot heavier than the ball is in it now. It was a very crude 
bald compared to the one and then another was all <laughs> yeah heavy heavy and bad, badly made what about the jersey you wore huh? what about your your local jersey what what color was your jersey uh, no jerseys did you to throw off your coat that's <laughs> all and no jerseys until the Holland clubs started remember how well black and amber this way coming across your chest yeah. the jersey was black and that was amber whatever colour you call it yellow yellow yeah black and yellow yeah. Stripe, yeah. That was the first jerseys we had. Where were you playing? In the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah. Always play. Yeah. Did you find that uh, you got uh, a lot of the ball in the middle of the field? And yes, yeah, it's just a. More of the ball, all right. To be always passing up and down. <laughs> Do you think there was more skill in the game in your time? Or is there more it's skill? It was in my time. To the... the in my hurting each other. The rules went in it like they're in it now. A Willie goes on to say that the rules were made up as soon as the players lined up in the field and the ref said to them, anything fair in front and not to come behind. They go on the field and they make the rules when they line up. They say anything fair in front, not to come behind. <laughs> Do you remember the 1931 All-Ireland when you when you had to play three games to... to I do. Yeah. Can you, can, can you... What are your memories now of that game? I was only a sub on that team. Well, yes. The Cork won it, you see. The Thursday. Larry Marr was... was, hurt, was in the second match, I think. And Dick Morrissey was out in the, in the third match. And they were, they were a big loss. When I came into it, in 1925, I played for, for Cairns College. Martin White was born in 1909 in the outskirts of Kilkenny City. He was in St. Kieran's College in Kilkenny when he had his own hurley stick. Well, we had hurlers that time. There wasn't now as what you call today, you see. Well, there were still, there were still fairly good hurlers, you know. Yeah. And then you could renovate them yourself. You How do you mean? a bit of glass or something, yeah. you know. It was mostly with a bit of glass. And they take the piece out of the glass, you see, until they made it, until they made it the right way and, the, the, and, and, and made it comfortable and made it nice for yourself. Uh, you played in the 1931 uh, All-Ireland Final. 
Did you feel that it was a, a hard slog to, uh, you know... To, to oh, it was. Well, I got to play through, through the three games. Well, I got to play, play to, to, you, 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 you play to, to win. Play to win. It just wasn't the last day we weren't good enough, like in the second half hour. You clearly wasn't good enough. In it. That's right. But I'm thinking of the game that you played in 1931 that you had to win three games to win the All-Ireland that year. None of those games were broadcast live on any radio because no. there was no radio. No. So news got back to Kilkenny and to Cork uh, and to other counties in, in, in Ireland uh, by newspaper, wasn't it? No, 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 no there was ever since, ever since by pigeon. <laughs> Pigeons. By pigeon. See, there was ever somebody that brought up the pigeons. And the result, when the result of the match was over, sometimes they send one with half time. But the result of the match would be sent home with a pigeon. And, and, and the pigeon, and the pigeon the, would the, the go, pigeon, go from the, the, the yeah, field. Everybody would be waiting. Everybody in the t- anybody that wasn't at the match would be waiting, be waiting outside the field their own the pigeons, waiting for the result of the match. Yeah. Did that happen? What? Did that happen? It yes, did. That, that <laughs> happened. I saw the pigeons coming in myself with the, with the thing on it. And when I was a young lad. And, and you, we were inside, we were waiting with a fellow in Walking Street and he came in and he had, he had home and pigeons. And he used to bring up two of them. And, 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 and he lay after two of them. And, and, and the very minute that they come, the, 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 the result had come out to, 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 to uh, he broadcast it to everybody and we'd be all waiting for the result How has the game changed in down through the years when you were playing in those early days how how do you find the game has changed since your time oh, the game has changed has changed a lot the game is faster now today you see you have a you have a much lighter ball. And you, have, you, you take a ball today and you like hit the ground, comes up and comes up well. The lad before, you'd want to be super down to get it, you know. They were heavier, much heavier. You see, there was, at that, that time, a, a, a ball had to be a certain weight. You see, and it had to be a certain weight, you see, to be a match ball. And, and, uh, but today, I like, I like to hold on today now. I like to hold on today well. But you see, you have a different style of holding. In my time, when a ball is 
when the ball is, is slow, it's inclined to slow down the match, or it's inclined to just be more man to man in it if, if the ball is slow. Now today, do you see, a fella can hit a ball, get a ball that they have broke out, and then he drop it at the other centre back's field. He'll go over centre field, and that. I suppose that's like that has the same. That that happened the same centre field played today. Mm. Before before every ball, they couldn't hit the ball any further than the centre of the field. Yeah. And the and the four men, the centre of the field. They were they were they were specials, if you like. If you had good centre field, you had a good team. You see, the game of hurling, uh, I would imagine, uh, in your time, was. Uh, Get the ball and, and, and just puck it from the position you were in. Well, I wouldn't say that you really did that. But that if you got the if you got the ball and and, and, and uh, if you saw somebody in a better position, you you'll try to get it to him. But most times you didn't get the chance. You didn't get the chance to look around you and know where you were. You get it and you just fail it towards the goal. If you did that, you did, did all right. Sounds like we're going towards your own goal. Yeah. Did you think it was a, a more physical game in your time? Oh, it was. It was. It was more physical, you see, and the rules weren't the same. You see, before, at that time, the goalie, the goalie at that time was, 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 was the target for everyone. If, if your ball was dropping down into the square, there was nearly only one fellow who was having to go at the goalie. And put the goalie into the net, you see, you know. And there was no no free fall. Then you see, and rightly so, you had to protect the goalie. I know this because I, I often hit a hit a goalie myself, and 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 uh, and I have and I often thought it was quite unfair. Make a brand hit Paddy Scanlon. You know, should we should. For pretty scandal that that day, so we we let them set our prayers. Yeah, you thought that he was gone. I, I, I yeah. want that to say. <laughs> I want to say that. What about the the jersey and and uh, what what kind of uh, and the and the football the footwear? What kind of clothes were you wearing when you? Uh, were <clears throat> well, we had football boots, but sure, they were never great. They had to do you a long time. And they were never great, and the old heels might go crooked on them, you know, and they still wore them with those crooked heels, you know. But, uh, <clears throat> otherwise, you had, you had, because uh, they wore the, wore the pants. When I, in my time, they started to make the pants short. The pants originally used to be, don't know about there. Underneath the knee, just uh, below the knee. Yeah. yeah. And then they started to get short. Uh, you know, the, uh, when I was playing, you had, Normal lint. Normal, normal lint in the, in the back. Your jersey then was club jersey. And when your jersey was over, you were handed it in to the pack. And they'd be counted. Oh, it wasn't your jersey at all to keep? No, 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 no. That's just your... But see... You couldn't... You see, they see, they wouldn't have enough money to buy them. They say, your club... All the lads had to buy the, the jerseys, if you like. So where would they, if they gave away jerseys, where would they want to get the next ones? You see, they, they wouldn't have the money to buy them. Yeah. So, like, the jerseys were, take, there was always what they call a bag man. And he took charge of the jerseys. 
And he went around in the, when you were finished, when you took out, was just he was around, he was waiting to get it. And he took them all and he counted them all back. And if he didn't know, you see, if you got your own jersey, well, the one does, the one does the same, you didn't really get your number. It is. But sometimes you get the number and you could check it from the numbers, you know, if there was one missing. You see. But, um, oh, it was a case, it was a case that happened to, 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 to spare the jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see that, what you call it, then, there was always some, some local person that was good as washing and she'd wash all the jerseys and dry them, put them out in the heads and dry them out and have them good for the next day, you know. Yeah. Even after the all Ireland, you had to drop your jersey after the all Ireland, until the last day. Did you, yeah? The last day, in, in the very late stages, now in my time, you got your jersey. Mm-hmm. But before that, in the early stages, now number 19, 31 and 32, and that you handed up your jersey, seven and the people looking for them, you see. And what about fitness in your time? Uh, did You know, you said that you walked to Mass the three miles and back again, and, and you worked in the farm, so you were physically fit all the time. Yeah, fit is fit, 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 so. Yeah. You're fit as fiddle, and then you should do it. Nothing The very minute that you had your tea, we'll say it in the summer, the very minute you had your tea, you went for the holes. And you hold a little dark. Then, and you made mixed matches between yourselves, a couple of coats for the goalposts, you know, more rows over them. And you went over the posts instead of inside <laughs> it. <laughs> that used to be great, but the. the, the um, you see, everything, you see. You walked most places, and if you're going somewhere, you, you went nearly bit by pony and trap, you know. Yeah. I just fill up four or five fellas into, into each car, you know, and drive on. Yeah, we, we used to go, but I remember even going to Tullis. Now, we went to Tullis, went to Kenny, to Tullis and the pony and trap. And back again the same day. To the Monster Championship. The Monster Championship, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And and back yeah. again and, and in the pony and trap in the same day. And we were, we were the envy of the whole of them because the other fellas were on bicycles and they were pushing bicycles all the way into Thornless. What year was that? Oh, that's a big year, we said the mid, uh, late 20s, mid, mid, mid to late 20s. Yeah. Yeah, good pony. You, got, you, 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 you made a pony up for it, didn't you? And your bottom is good feed and everything with while well, you were at the match, you know. Yeah. And and <clears throat> did you ever find yourself uh, on a boat to America? Did you ever go on on, on uh Oh yeah, we went in thirty nineteen thirty four. Was it thirty four, yeah? Thirty four, yeah. Why d- tell me about that trip. What was that trip like? Oh that trip terrible trip out. Terrible. So we were all they were all that you know most of them now, nearly all of them, the weather was fierce. Fierce until we, 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 uh, we um, landed in Newfoundland. And that was the end of the, might say the, that was the beginning of the end of the journey. Why is the, that? Weather got, the weather got fine then. Oh, yeah. Or at least the storm went out, rain and everything. And the bushes were all everywhere. That's to get up in the morning and then 
Kijam for the breakfast and there's always a come inside inside the dining room door the book. Go on again. They were getting sick. Can't you get I remember I remember Patty Faden saying one day if I was back in Cove again I'd never leave it. They were that sick. And Jenny done and myself to a lesser extent. Johnny Dunn was a traveller. Johnny, Johnny, you see, was in America. And he used to come back and forward on the boat. Johnny knew the, knew the boat well. And I had a great old tummy, if you like. And I was it most of it. And Martin finally talks about the other members of the Kilkenny hurling team in 1935. Who's on the team with you? Who, who were the, the, can you... On the, the Kilkenny yes, team? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you now that the main lot of the team, I will tell you the team now that the team now that played in 1935, one of the years we won it, <coughs> there was, we call it, Jimmy O'Connor was in the goal. I, I put him in, I go right with Paddy Larkin. Peter Riley, Peter Blanch, that was not his next Blanch. The half, the half line was 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 uh, Eddie Burnham, Paddy Burnham, his brother, centre back, and Paddy Faden. Well, I read, I read, he was the greatest, the greatest player I thought I ever saw. Paddy Faden. There was Laurie Maher and Tommy Lahey centre field. And there was Jack Dolan, uh, myself, and, and, and Martin Power. Matty Power was left corner forward. Jenny Dunn was full forward. And, and uh, who is this now? It's the other corner. They'll come back to me in a minute. Sorry. Yeah. My goodness, yeah. And you had a good win that year. In well, what we win it by pint. But that's to say, oh, you only win it by pint. Well, I think if you were win it by pint, you're, you're, you're one of the playing one, one. You're playing one of the hardest games you play. I had been playing senior hurling with Tullerone, which is a famous parish for hurling. I hurled with my own parish, of course. Sham Donny was born in 1922 and played as a junior with Tullerone. In 1944, he moved to Castlecomer, where he worked in a butcher shop. And he remembers here his first big game. First, and then I hurled here. And uh, I was very youthful. And that time, clubs would come and ask us to go hurl with them and... Mm. That's the way it was. I heard it turn around to the famous Lowry Marr. You probably heard of maybe Lowry Marr. Yeah, Tom Walton. Can you remember your first major match playing playing hurling? I mean, for uh, for the county. For the county. I do indeed in nineteen in nineteen forty six. I had been playing on the Kilkenny Junior team that summer and we played Limerick down in Waterford and uh, an exact fort before the senior All-Ireland and they picked the, the senior team 
that day after that match in Waterford and I was brought off with the junior team yeah. onto the senior team and uh, I never played on the backs I always played on the centre field or corner forward and they picked me and we had to play centre back and who was I playing on? Christy Ring were you? yes <laughs> and I had never played as I said on the senior team until that day can you remember that match? Oh, I did, I can. I held him for 29 minutes without a score. And he scored a goal on me in the last minute of the first half. And they changed me off then at half-time and they put another man on him that had been playing on the county team for a few years. And he scored a couple of goals or a goal and a few points off him. But if I had to stay on him, he'd have ruined me. You know, I'd never be heard of again. So, so that was forty-six, and I was on the t I was uh, on the the county team then from nineteen forty-six until fifty-five. That was a good run, wasn't so, it? And I held uh, five railway cups with Leinster. I was never I was never dropped, and I gave it up then in nineteen fifty-five. Got in the plane with the county I, I played with the local lads here all right for a year or something right but when you were uh, the position you played in uh, centre back yeah that was your position right through was it never or? never played in it centre back I always was a midfield or a forward or I never played in it after I was always a forward yeah or, or, or the centre of the field I don't know why they put me centre back I haven't a notion. But that was the only day I ever played centre back, before or after. Right. And so the, the, the playing in, in, in the forwards uh, meant scoring. I mean, yeah, was yeah. that something that you that you found that that you grew into or, or uh, and developed? Or uh, were you always skillful at, at scoring? Ah, sure, as hard as. You're growing to it, sure, I suppose. I don't know if God's order and the thing went on to. If you were lucky enough to score a goal or maybe two, and you could be holding a great game and score nothing. Yeah. You know, you know it yourself, know the way to go. Uh, what about the, uh, you know, during a match uh, when, uh, I, I'm talking about the 40s now, uh, was the game rougher or, uh, or was it more skillful than how it is played today? Uh, just the same. Just the same. And as fast? As fast, yeah, sure. I got it. Sure, the 1947 game that that we played and won was the best game we've seen for many a year. Before or after? Yeah. Why do you say that now? Why was yeah. 1947 such a good? It was uh, uh, two, two, two six. The score was two six. To 30, we got 13 pints for us. Yeah. We won it by a pint. It was a low scoring game. It so. was a low scoring game, yeah. I scored uh, two pints myself the same day. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure about the scoring end of it, if you were lucky enough that the ball came the right way for you and you got away in. So you wouldn't tackle it or whatever. Piece of luck. 
But your greatest rival was always Tipperary. Yeah, well, the were of it. The best team I ever hurled against was Cork. Because the, the saw nothing on it, the ball. Do you know, they the played the game. But uh, it was different with Tipperary. They were tough and Galway was terrible. Tough. Did you ever get injured? Oh, you lost all your teeth. My goodness. It was my own fault, actually. How did that happen now? We were playing uh, in, a, in a tournament game up in, in Tullamore <coughs> against Ross Gray. And uh, the ball was coming down. I was going to meet it. Jack Ryan of Tipperary was coming this way. And I kind of stalled for a second, then went and he was looking back door. <laughs> and the exact part of before I was married. Oh, mouthful of teeth gone. And, and your wife to be, what was, what's her name? The wire. The, uh, a daughter where I served my time in Gomer. Oh, right. She was a nurse. What's her first name? Bridget. Bridget Dwyer. Yeah. And she, so, oh, she's dead for 20 years now. And, and so, but she mustn't have liked the idea of, of you getting, walking up the aisle with no teeth. <laughs> well, to tell the truth, there was the, the, the Tullamore crowd there, uh, gave me all expenses, you know. I was reading the day before the, the match where this uh, dentist was starting up... Um, business. Little did I know I'd be one of the first who went home the next day. Gee, yeah. And he had to cut the gums to get out the roots. Yeah. Top and bottom. I can't wear that bottom once at all. I have to keep them in my pocket. It is all skill. You know. Mm-hmm. You take for instance now if I was going with a ball and I was going to to hit it you see and of course the man coming behind you he'd uh, He'd put in his hurl and block it down, you know. But I was able to look back like that and I could knock down his hurl and then hit the ball. As, as quick as that? As quick as that, you know. When I are it there today, I don't know what the hell they'd be looking at. They're always being hooked, you know. It's all kind of a sidestep, you know. Yeah. We, 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 we played then. Um, I don't want to say the team now. But we were playing inside in a league match in, in Northern Park and <clears throat> the ball was coming down along and I went out for it and this fellow came from that side and this fellow came from that side and I saw the two of them coming. Yeah. You see. And I done that and oh, like this. In like that. <laughs> two of them crashed. Two of them landed in the hospital. Because they were coming at full speed. They were coming at full speed. Where was I if I had to be stoke enough to wait for them? You know? And back to training now and that. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we were uh, in the league final of uh, 1950. And the winners of it was to go to America. Yeah. And uh, I went in anyway to train. And I just done a run around the pitch, came in and got rubbed, and came home. I never got a hole in my hand for a full partner for the match. And I went out, and we were playing Tipperary, 
and I hurled half Tipperary the same day. The papers said the next day, if ever a man earned a trip to America, down he did. And so what happened? Well, the fellow was playing, and he says, look up at that scoreboard now. He says, you know where they're going to America. They were up going the pint. I said, I'll give you America now in two minutes. And from that until the match was over, he never saw the ball. So, some few years after me and the missus were down in Templemore, the missus had a, a, a sister married to the, the boss in Templemore in the guards, and there was a dinner dance, and we went down to it. And who was at that, at the counter on this fellow that I was playing on? Oh my God, Shemmy says, you were feckin' terrible lucky, he says, you weren't carried out of the pitch that day, he says. Why, says I, she were to be knocked out, she says. And how was I, how were you to do it? I was to be behind you, he says, and Pat Stakelin was to meet you. Go away. But he says, you, you, you said, said, uh, stepped Pat Stakelin and gave him a bit of a dart, says you. I did, I said. So, the, the, Wednesday after that match, Pat Stakelin used to travel that time for, the ones in the mirror and he'd come into the shop and got Pat to say I didn't mean to knock you out and Shem he says to say the are you he says you got me into the story he says. because there was great rivalry uh, in that particular game because it, the stakes were high yeah the stakes were high yeah but uh, lad said I killed myself to go to America I wasn't going to America I'd have to mind who was going to mind my shop but couldn't you get somebody? Yeah, she has got that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy to anyone to come in and cut certain cuts of meat. Yeah. You want to know your job. And so... My father, anyway, the Lord of Mercy, and warned me, he says, if you win, he says, you're not going to America. He was after setting me up and... Well, how is this, anyway? I suppose I played in Mile All-Ireland Finals. I mean, that's a great span. How many medals have you? I'm one five. Yeah. I'd want to have one five after playing in danger. <laughs> Philip Francis Larkin, better known as Fan Larkin, played with the Kilkenny senior team from 1962 until 1980. He was born in 1941 and his local club was James Stevens Club. Is there any particular game that stands out and, and that well, you, you would say the, the, the first The first one is always the best, we say. I was only, what, 22 when I won the first one, we say. 1963, I, I was playing with brilliant hurlers that time. It's a good job we were, we were bit. <laughs> you know, that um, Jamie Clear and Ted Carroll, Artemis, Molly Welch, Cha Whale, and three or four of them, Sean Clossy, Dennis Eastlip. Tom Welch, all them lads, we, the first one we won, we beat Waterford. And we weren't supposed to beat Waterford, Waterford after winning the league. And we had a fierce young team, and lucky enough we won it. They scored 6-8 and we scored 4-17. Imagine a team to score 6-8 and be best. Ah, it's fantastic scoring. Yeah. yeah. And would you consider any of those, that, that particular game, when you reach the All-Ireland final, is that uh, the the... The pinnacle, the, the the best. I mean, 
Usually on the way up along, working towards the final, oh. you have hard games, desperately hard games. You have hard games, but it's not like, it wasn't, right now it's the media, it's all, the pressure on us now, the media writing and we said the television coverage and everything, that every match is a, is a tough match. And the training they're doing now, well I think it's crazy myself, there's, there's young men burdened out now at 24 and 25. 28 years of age. So no, very few lads playing football and hurling into their 30s. You take Mick O'Dwyer and Mick O'Connell and them lads. They all played into their late 30s. And the same here in hurling. I play into my late 30s. Eddie Kerr played in it. But now most of the lads are gone at 30. If they reach 30, you take Brian Cork and the Cork, give it up at 28. And he's back, he's back now as a, a sub at the team at present. He gave it up for a whole two years. You know, man, the training, the training now, they're training like professional athletes, not hurlers. There's no enjoyment training now, or hurling with your county. And I'd say it's the same kicking Gaelic football in Kerry and Leash and all these lads. There's no enjoyment in it. Uh, did you, uh, I, I, I suppose, <laughs> when I say, did, did you have a passion for the game? Did yeah, you love well, the game? yeah, I love the game, sure. We still love it, sure. That's the trouble. We go everywhere with it. And sure, the point when you play a sport like that, it takes over your whole life. Everything else comes second, second nature, second year. Your wife, your family, sport is the only thing you'd be worried about. And how do you feel about that? I mean, well, I always felt good about it. Maybe the wife didn't feel good about <laughs> it. <laughs> but that's, that's the way it is now. You see, years ago there was no, none of these PE teachers back in the 50s and in the 40s and in the 30s and even in the 60s there's no PE teachers training teams there was a lad there training them and every lad done their own thing and as you say everyone manual work they were all physically fit and they all used to go to the field every night a week money was scarce and it was pastime and developed the skill of the game now most lads playing hurling and football they train the way the trainer wants you to train you have to do what he tell you you can't go out there and act Egypt for the, an hour or you wouldn't be wanting. You see, you couldn't go play the way you want, having a, a puck about and having a laugh. You have to do what he tell you, and if you don't, you're not wanting. There's very few lads catching the ball in the middle of the field. There's no lad going up grabbing it. I know in the game of football, uh, the, the catch and kick is gone. Uh, in hurling, is it the puck? No, the overhead hurling is gone. Overhead hurling and the ground hurling is gone. Most of the lads get the ball now, they have to rise and run with it, and they're up with their hand. Yeah. Years ago, the ball mightn't touch the ground up and down for a couple of minutes. Lads would be hitting it over there, and the other lad would hit it back. Tony Wall would be beating it back like a tennis racket, me hurling. Yeah. So the, the, the game ran. Yeah, uh, the, the yeah more, like it was that, more yeah. smoothly. And the lads would be saying the game is faster now. It's yeah. not, the ball was poked. The lads run with the ball now. That's what makes it faster, we said. But them days, the lad, if you played corner forward, you stood corner forward. Now, if you're playing corner forward, hurling football, you can run all over the field. That time, a corner forward stood corner forward, hurling or football. That was your position, and the corner back stood on you. And I had to be able to bait, bait you for the ball, or you bait me. Three generations of your family uh, played hurling here uh, your father, yourself, right, and your yeah. son now. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, your your dad was a great hurler. Um, well, I, I couldn't tell you. I never see him play. You know, he was. I was only a child, and he and he finishing up. You know, he played in the thirties, but uh, up to forty three. 
I was only two years of age that time. I never seen him play. So you never got a chance no, to... No, never seen him play, no. But he certainly passed on his, uh, uh, the legacy of, 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 uh, of the strength and, and, and the skill. Well, the, 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 skill well, the point the skill and the game around here in Kilkenny is everyone at that time, we say in the 50s, all you had to do was hurdle or kick football. And we used to live up the road there and we used to play on the green up there, all us. All the lads I grew up with, and they were like every one of them was as good as I was, or better some of them, but they never got the chance. So whoever gets the chance in any county, in most counties in Cork, Tipperary, hurling or football, it's they can only play 15, and they could be equally as good as lads on the line and never be beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you come from a, a? What was your father doing? My father was uh, used to was uh, working on the building. My father worked on the building. And, it, and did you continue? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a plasterer by trade. Yeah. And of course, there's, uh, you know, when watching the game of hurling, I, I often think, you know, that if you got a belt of that hurley over the head, I mean, it would kill you. Uh, well, that the point about it is now, since the helmet came out, there's more lads got injured with the helmet. Because lads are pulling now, and the first thing they say, he has a helmet. Years ago, lads very seldom got a head injury because all the lads were playing the ball. They were all pulling. Every man pulled on the ball them days out of there. Now everyone is going up to catch it. And you might meet a lad that's an overhead hurler. An odd lad is all you get. And he's pulling and you're jumping up to catch. And you have no protection. Well, that's your own fault. You have to be able to mind yourself when you're playing the game. Tell me, Fran, who was your hero when you were playing? My hero? God, I had so many heroes, you wouldn't know that. Right, uh, my hero and I, a young lad, I'd say Ollie Welch and, and Sean Clossy were my heroes, and Jim Langton, they were our heroes when we were going to the matches looking at them. Yeah. So, you, in a way, did you model your, your oh, game? No, 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 no. Ollie Welch was a goalkeeper, and the other two men were forwards. I was an old back, an old slugger. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the would, how would you pick up your hints or the the, the, well, the sure train and practice makes yeah. perfect and you you learn be your mistakes the next day. Yeah. If you made a mistake, you'd have to try and counteract it the next day. Yeah. I'm here in Inishtig and I'm talking to Eddie Kerr. Eddie, a name synonymous with the county and and hurling. Uh, you and played hurling for a long time. Indeed, you know, from 1959 to 1977, I think you're at top level. Yes, yeah, I did. Um, uh, I came on in in in, in the last uh, for the replay of the last drawn All Ireland hurling final, which was against Waterford in '59, and I, I I was beaten in the minor final. Uh, we were beaten by Tipperary that year, and. So for uh, it was a wonderful consolation, if you like. But uh, but I was drafted onto the panel for the senior uh, replay, final replay, and I um, I was ca- I, I got in on the team and the match after about fifteen minutes. So it was a sort of a baptism of fire, if you like, uh, coming in for my first game in All Ireland. But it was a wonderful experience. Mm. So I did have a long run after that. I played, as you said with uh, Kilkenny seniors from then to 1977 when I retired but I, I continued to play a course with my local club here afterwards for a good number of years after that again. Eddie Kerr remembers how important the hurley was to the player and he remembers here the hurley maker 
who made the hurley for him. I, I used to get my hurls made with a, a very good hurley maker in Kilkenny, and um, McNary was his name. And um, I, I had other, Ramey Dowling actually, who went out on his own, was worked with McNary in 1963, and he, he made a particular hurl for me that, uh, at, at that time, that, that worked very well for me. Um, I continued to go to McNary, for, and he would know the exact type of hurls that I'd like. Describe and, it to me. Well, f- pretty light, um, not not as heavy now as you know uh, as other players would 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 have maybe. Um, rigid, not not too springy. I you know I, I didn't I'd like a good firm um, handle and hurl that wouldn't bend too much um, and uh, a nice boss that you could control the hurl control the ball with and um, like as you know yourself uh, with ash you can get different types of ash that would create different type of hurls but McNary would know when he'd get a supply of ash that this is good and he'd make a few hurls and he'd sort of say mm-hmm. well this would be good for Eddie maybe you know and he'd put it aside and when I'd come in he'd sort of finish it off and you'd try it out and uh, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd take a bit off if you needed it and and then if they broke of course they were able to re- he was able to repair them so you had the same hurley for a long period of time that you were very happy with and very comfortable with You have I suppose survived. Survive would be the word. Uh, Eighteen years of top-level hurling without any serious injury, um, and you would imagine that the game of hurling is is a, a desperately dangerous game. You know, because you, <laughs> you've got a stick in your hand that you. How come? Well, I know to um, an outside person, it looks a dangerous game. In actual fact. It's the I don't know what the injury. Now you hear different statistics about injuries, but the injuries you receive in hurling are not as bad as in other um, heavily contact sports. They're not as permanent, if you put it in inverted commas. You know, you can get cuts and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, they're not. Uh, you can be ready to play the following week or whatever. Um, naturally, over that period, you get a few. You know injuries that keep you out of the game for a while, but in the main, it's 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 not that dangerous a game. Um, but part of the thing that you learn in 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 growing up and 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 in 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 practicing the game is a sort of a a way of protecting yourself. And it's I, I'm trying to use the right word here because um, a person who doesn't play hurling. Uh, can if went out in a match could get injured straight away because he wouldn't know where to go or where how to mine himself with a hurl. But if you take if you see in hurling where the ball is dropping down and there's hurls flailing all over the place and still a fellow is able to come out with the ball with his hand unscathed. I mean that's how you're you're able to protect your hand and that's a skill in the game. Uh, when people are you know pulling together you're either right close in or you don't get in there if you can't if you're not fast enough to get right close in you'll get hit and that's what happens to some people but if you're right in close you don't get hit there are accidental and non-accidental incidents obviously in games but all in all 
uh, hurling commands a respect too because if I have a hurl in my hand you also have a hurl you know so like there's a bit of respect there that you know who's going to come out best you know I, I remember um, uh, whether this is appropriate or not but I remember um, uh, recently Fan Larkin who was a great Kilkenny hurler yeah. a, a small five foot three or four I'd say and he met Tony Dorn who was a big Wexford hurler at the time they used to mark one other at a time you know but they stood in for a photograph this is in the last 12 months outside Nolan Park and um, and the, while the photograph was being taken there was someone uh, codding Fan Larkin saying you know how did you manage that big fellow when you were playing sort of thing and Fan said did you ever hear what I don't know what his first name is Colt said uh, the fellow that invented the six gun he said uh, he said, this gun makes everyone equal. He said, a hurl to fan says makes everyone equal. You know, <laughs> or big or yes. small. You know. <laughs> because it is, in fact, uh, an extremely uh, dangerous game if you don't know how to play the game properly. Absolutely. And you need that skill, you need that discipline, and you need yeah. that uh, extreme um, yeah, respect. Uh, respect for the next player. For the, for the, yeah. During a game, being under pressure... Uh, that, that, that must come into it, you know, that that pressure, pressure in a game. Yes, well, in hurling, it's such a fast game that things happen in an instant. So you're sort of an autopilot. Now, uh, it means that the practice that you've put in before kicks in, and when you put your hurl to the ball, you sort of get it into your hand. Mm. You know, it sort of comes natural. Um, but you haven't time to think of pressure because everything is happening so fast around you. But the time that that you may be put under pressure is, uh, as as I said earlier, I used to take the freeze for Kilkenny. So if you had a, 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 a vital free that maybe would win the game or draw a level at an awkward angle, um, uh, that that could be regarded as pressure. But the way I overcome, overcame that in my time was that, again, back down to practice, I always practiced my freeze. And the, the night before, uh, the evening before a game, an important game, I'd always go out for half an hour and, and take the freeze from all angles and be happy with, with the way I dealt with them. So when I came under pressure, there was no thing coming in, you know, about are you going to miss this, are you going to, you know. Yeah. Like I was confident that I've practiced this, so I'm going to score it. So I was able to psych myself into 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 that. And um, I know there was a there was a book called The Inner Game, I think, written about tennis on that sort of point, that when you come to a pressure situation in sport, this, or the inner mind, as I think it was, that this thing kicks in, you know, you're not going to hit this, or it's this is an awkward angle, or, you know, you're not going to make this so or the entire game depends on this free yes exactly if you miss this we're gone you know so I was able to shut all those things out of my mind before 70,000 people or whatever in the in the knowledge that look I've practiced this it's going to happen it's going to go over the bar and I have a method that works so use it so um I'm not saying it worked all the time, but it did work. <laughs> it, did, it did work for me, uh, you know, in vital, vital uh, situations. Well, we've come to the end of this podcast, the way we played the game. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. 
And I would like to remind you again that uh, if you would like to hear the full interviews, uh, you can visit her website at www.irishlifeandlore.com. And again, we would appreciate any uh, donation you might like to make to our uh, donations page on our website. My name is Maurice O'Keefe, and I look forward to bringing you another podcast next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 